have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Coming to you from the heart of Music City in Nashville, Tennessee, straight out of the Flynn Hendricks Enterprises Studios, this is the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. And this week, he's got you another awesome guest on the line, so let's go ahead and kick it over to Flynn. Welcome back to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks. I really can't say thank you enough for everybody that continues to tune in, that continues to show support. I got to thank our sponsors every week because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for people like Elise Bowman that choose to advertise on this show, this show would not still be afloat. And if it wasn't for you guys that listened every week, that shared this podcast with your family and friends, I wouldn't be able to keep having these awesome conversations and sharing them with you. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. But... I'm going to sound like a broken record like I do every week. I've got to ask you guys to not only subscribe on your preferred platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review if it's on Apple Podcasts. Go back in the archives. Get caught up on episodes you may have missed from Season 1. Go back to the start of Season 2. Get caught up on everything that we got going on and share it with everybody you know. And, if you don't mind... Go follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All those are going to be in the show notes for you to link and go check out. So we're going to take a quick pause for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. And we're back. Guys, without further ado, I've got another awesome guest coming your way. This is somebody that... Man, I, crazy to say, when we started chatting with each other, I actually realized we'd known each other for a little bit beforehand, uh, and we'll get into that during our conversation here, but this chick has a lot on her plate, so that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have her on, because I want to know how she balances all this and still maintains a regular life without going insane. Just to give you a little bit of an idea of what all she does, she is an architectural designer. She is getting her master's degree. She is involved with the Renaissance Festival, Murder Mystery Dinner Theater, Princess Parties. She's involved in mermaiding. She was also involved with uh, Nashville Nightmare as a haunt and scare actor. She has a lot on her plate, and it is my pleasure to have here tonight Anna Christina, AC, Ace. She goes by many names, so we'll see which one we stick with throughout the conversation. But 
AC, thanks for being on here tonight. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Uh, it was my pleasure. And then, like I said, too, like just we'll go ahead and jump into that story. The first night that I think we actually like met each other officially at the haunt at Nashville Nightmare was uh, the dress rehearsal. And we, we started talking. It's like, I know you from somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like. Could it be this thing I do? Could it be this yeah. other thing I'm involved in? This other thing? <laughs> and then come to find out, like, I find out that the local Disney store is closing. And I saw that you had posted about it. I'm like, oh, light bulb moment. She's the one that would always give my oldest son, like, all the coloring papers and the stickers at Disney store. I'm like, okay, that's where I know you from now. How oh. small of a world is this? Yeah, it is a small world after all, you know? It really is. <laughs> nope. No lawsuit, please. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to sponsor, I know a guy. Um, so, man, like like I was saying in your introduction, you have so much on your plate right now. Like, I want to yeah. I want to do a deep dive into all this, like the performance background, the architectural designing, like the master's degree. Like, take me back to the beginning and tell me where your love in performing and then the architecture. Tell me where all that comes in and how it merges into your life and how you just balance all that. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a theater kid mm -hmm. since kindergarten and doing little school performances and things like that. And then I started getting into stage productions and that kind of stuff. And then once I was in college, I always knew that I wanted to study architecture. I always right. knew that this was ultimately what I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. I am living the dream um, which is so cool to be able to say. Absolutely. And, and mean it. Um, and mean it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've always had this passion for acting and for getting to do those fun, creative sort of outlets. And um, so when I was in college, you know, I didn't have the time to do theater and stage production. I'm mm -hmm. sure anyone who's gone to school knows what that's like. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but that's really where I started getting into modeling and pageants and that kind of stuff. And then once I graduated from college, again, I still really didn't have time to do theater and commit to the kind of schedule that that would require. But I realized, you know, there are so many other avenues that I can take advantage of to get my acting fix. So I started working at a haunted house. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to name names because it wasn't a very good one. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot you worked somewhere else beforehand. I did. Um, and it, even though it was kind of a shady production, I still had fun with it. Right. So when I when I learned that Nashville Nightmare is one of the top haunted houses in the country, I was like, all right, I'm going there next year. And so I've been in Nashville Nightmare for seven years now. Absolutely. And yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And I will say, too, it's inadvertently like it was one of those things where myself and then future guest on the show, Jermaine, kind of inadvertently followed in your footsteps, but, like, you were 100% a utility player there. Wherever they needed you, you were happy to jump in and just, you fit the part no matter what, whether it was outside in queue line, interacting with people in line, or going into the house, whatever it may be. Like, you had fun doing it, and you didn't complain about it. It's like, you set a really good example there, and I think it, like everything you were saying about your love and like just wanting to have that outlet, I think that came across and just how willing you were to play whatever part they needed you to there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, I do try to, you know, be really optimistic and have a good outlook on things and positive attitude. 
And, you know, this season we were really short-staffed, so... Throughout the, the season this year. Yeah, it was kind of an odd season, but I also think we had such a great cast oh, yeah. and staff. Like, it was just a great group of people. Very um, true. So we really pulled through, even though it was a weird season for us. Absolutely. So what was it like that initially caught your attention with scare acting? Because, tr- truth be told, when I first applied for it, I had no idea that, you know, I, I knew people that were in hiring positions there. I had no idea. I was just trying to build up my voice acting resume. So I applied. I didn't know what to expect. I forgot that I applied and I got a call to come in. But like, and then it just, it kind of blossomed from there. But like, what was it that drew you to it? Like what piqued your interest? Um, I love spooky season. Mm-hmm. I love Halloween oh, yeah. and Dia de Muertos. Like that's just my favorite. Yes. Um, so when I saw an ad on Facebook that they were hiring monsters, I just kind of thought to myself, that'd be kind of cool to try. And I think that's generally going to be a theme throughout this conversation is cool opportunities present themselves. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what? I'll try it out. Why not? Why not? And end up falling in love with it. Um, I've also always really loved playing villains. Yes. Um, They're the best. And, you know, I, I do like the hero roles and the, you know, the princess roles mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But there is something so fundamentally fun about yes. being able to, as an actor, pull out those sides that aren't part of your normal personality and just become this completely different person yes. um, or not person, you know? <laughs> very, very true. And I mean, that's that's one of the things, too, like, especially from mine and Jermaine's wrestling background, like, we were both predominantly bad guys, and I figured out it's easier to make people hate you than it is to make them like you. And that was something that I really enjoyed this haunt season because essentially it became like me just randomly insulting people as they were outside in line and people got in entertainment out of that. So it's like, okay, being the bad guy is fun because these people just got chased. These people just had this conversation with you that was like deep intellectual and morbid on some level, depending on what your character was or just got yelled at by a guy with a megaphone what can I do that was different? And it's like so many of these different pieces just came to the table and made it so unique. But it's like, again, it all comes back to like, why not? Like, there's just so many different ways you can get into that and be the villain and have fun with it. So, I mean, it it makes it a unique experience for sure. Absolutely. And I think that at Nashville Nightmare, one of the reasons we are, you know, one of the best is because we have that diversity in characters. Absolutely. We don't just have a hundred actors that are going to scream in your face. Or yes. A hundred actors are going to j- jump scare. We do have characters and some of them are, like you said, kind of intellectually morbid. Some of them are a little bit more goofy and almost mm-hmm. friendly, but still offsetting and kind yes. of creepy. Yes. Um, and so I think that having that variety of characters you can interact with really creates a unique experience. Absolutely, because it keeps the customer on their toes, too. I mean, like, even in the points where we got to go in the house and do the tours at the end of the season, I kind of seen, like, what people were doing in the locker rooms or in the changing, like, in the, in the actor's lounge area. But I never got to see them do it. And, like, you'd see people that were contortionists or whatever it was, like, in there doing their thing. And it's like, this is awesome. So, like... You know, it kind of solidifies, like you said, like why we were one of the best ranked haunted houses in the nation. So it's a, it's like a buffet. So like there's something for everybody, basically. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason I'm so gung-ho to go wherever they need me. 
I like getting to be a new character. And, yes. You know, just get thrown into makeup and say, okay, who am I? Like, who is she? Why am I here? What am I, you know, and it's funny because it's not a deep acting role where you're like, what are my motivations? But it still kind of is. It yeah. still can be. And I love that opportunity to kind of say, what do I have to work with here? Who am I? How am I getting my scares? How am I entertaining today? And just getting to try new things. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was that was one of the things that came up multiple times that I don't think I ever actually got to tell you because by the time we wrapped up the night, I would always forget. But like you would always talk about whatever character you were in's backstory. So that spoke <laughs> yeah. volumes to me, like actor to actress. Like, okay, you're invested in this character. That's awesome. So I, I really respected that. Thanks. Yeah, I love that kind of thing. And um, there have been seasons where I do play the same character mm-hmm. all season long. I played Little Red Riding Hood for like two years. That's right. Inside That's right. And outside. And she was kind of like a werewolf, Little Red Riding Hood. That was a lot of fun. Um, but it's kind of fun because sometimes I'll meet people who recognize me from the haunted house or other haunt actors will say, Oh, I loved when you were that character. Oh, I saw you one season and you were this. And I'll be like, Oh, yeah, I remember her. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of cool to like kind of create that iconic character. But then it's also fun. Like I said, to have that variety and get to switch it up. Absolutely. And it keeps you on your toes as an actor too, which that kind of leads me into some other things here. Like, Talk to me about, you know, the Renaissance Festival, the the Murder Mystery Dinner Theater. Like, what pulled, was it, was it the why not mentality that pulled you into that again? Or was it just the live performance aspect? Uh, both. Um, with the Renaissance Festival, I went as a guest. Mm-hmm. And immediately, you know, I love Disney. I worked at Disneyland. And yep. I just kind of got the sense, like, this is the same magic. You know, this is so fun. I have to be involved. Oh, yeah. And so the next year I went to the audition, met some amazing people and crazy turn of events. I was cast that year as Mary Stewart, the Queen of Scots. Oh, nice. And so so speaking of villains, I was kind of the villain to Queen Elizabeth, who was the main queen at the Tennessee Renaissance Festival. Um, But she was kind of a goofy villain. You know, we didn't want people to get too into it because people do. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but so it was just such a cool experience to get to get into the whole costume, get into the character. I had my court that would follow me around and we do have some stage shows at the Ren Fair as well, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is that same sort of improvisational, just kind of walking around the lanes and creating an ambiance yeah. sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, I just fell in love with that as well. It's obviously a very different kind of acting. You're mm-hmm. not scaring people. But it is still the same idea of you're crafting a character, you're becoming that person. And a lot of the actors and directors at the Renaissance Festival are brilliant, brilliant improv actors. And I learned a lot through that whole experience and all the training and all the stuff that goes into that, for sure. I love that. So a couple questions now, just based off of what you just said there. Um, As you become the Queen of the Scots, did you have any dialect training because I'm as we're recording this right now I'm currently learning the Scottish dialect but did you did you have any any education in that background prior to that 
Yeah, well, ironically, one of my undergraduate degrees from UCLA is in linguistics. Oh, very nice. So, yeah, so, and we also had a linguist on the team there at the Ren Fair. Mm-hmm. And so we would, you know, work together and really try to nail the accent and the dialects. And nice. I don't think I could do it right now. I'd have to, like, get back into yeah, the mode. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. But, yeah. For a whole season, I was just speaking in a Scottish accent. Nice. <laughs> I love it. And then you mentioned improv. Um, now, like, did you have any, like, improv background before you got into that? Or was it kind of just learning on the fly as you go? A little bit. Um, like, in high school and stuff, we yeah. did some of some of our training was improv stuff. But it oh, was, nice. like I said earlier, mostly stage productions. And right, theater. right. So, um, you know, I've always just been a ham. So it kind of came naturally. Yeah, (laughs) it plays in our favor for sure. In the in the timeline of things, which came first, uh, the Renaissance Fair or or the scare acting? Uh, I guess it was the scare acting at the not to be named haunt. Right, right, right. And then the Renaissance Fair, and then Nashville Nightmare. Okay, and then where did the uh, where did the dinner theater come into all that? Was that a long? Is that like? spot number three on the journey or yeah that one's a little bit more recent a friend okay. of mine from the renaissance fair actually a couple friends of mine from the renaissance fair um work for the american immersion theater and they kept telling me like hey you'd be great at this you should sign up for this you should do it and my schedule was always so crazy oh yeah um, which i'm sure we'll talk more about oh yeah but i was always kind of like i just can't commit to a show i can't have other actors relying on me and, you know, I can't have people be dependent on what my schedule is going to look like. And finally, one of my friends said, you can sign up for the shows that work for your schedule. Oh, you wow. can make it work with whatever your availability is. And that was the moment where I said, oh, then, yeah, why wouldn't I just sign up for this? And if <laughs> it happens to work out, it happens to work out. And, you know, I haven't done very many shows yet, especially with the pandemic. Yep. But the ones I have done have been super, super fun. It's a good group of people as well, for sure. Absolutely. Now, when you, I know you said you haven't done that many yet, but like with the pandemic still unfortunately being a thing as we're recording right now, have you noticed like this energy, not only between like the cast and crew, but also the patrons that come to the shows, like they're just so excited to be out doing something that they're going to, they're going to be invested in whatever you're putting out there. Like, even if it's like a comedy, but they're more of a serious type of person or vice versa. Like they're just so immersed in what you're doing because they're glad to be back out doing something. So that energy kind of feeds over to the actors and crew as well. Have you kind of noticed that as you perform? Yeah, definitely. I think that people, like you said, are really excited to be back out Mm -hmm. doing things. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we as actors will try to keep distance and they try to get closer and yep. we'll kind of be like, well, okay, you know, we're trying to be respectful, but if you're comfortable, then, you know, let's right, roll right. with it. But yeah, it's kind of like a weird time. Absolutely. So it's <laughs> understatement of the century. Yeah. That's, that's one way to put it or new normal, whatever phrase we yeah. hate today, you know, but hopefully it'll get back to some, you know, some semblance where everybody can just have fun and, you know, get back to not having to worry about that. But, you know, again, the way things are right now, who knows? But yeah, I, I will say, I think this season of The Haunt felt a lot more normal. Yes. Um, than last year. 2020 was very strange because there were a lot more rules about we had to stay six feet apart. Mm-hmm. I was a, a plague doctor character yep. last season, 
which was very fitting and people were very afraid of the costume. But I also couldn't see very well out of the mask. Oh, I, oh yeah. Yeah, it had a whole lot of its own complications. Um, and then, of course, we weren't doing murder mystery dinner theaters at all right. until recently. Uh, same with the mermaiding. We didn't do any mermaid shows hardly at all for the last couple of years. Which that's so we're something. Just starting to dive back in. <laughs> I like that wordplay. We're, we're gonna <laughs> I come have back. All the mermaid puns. <laughs> yes, we're gonna come back to the mermaiding here in a second. But I know for sure, like just speaking to some of the veteran actors, hearing about like how different this season was to last season, like having to wear masks under the mask that you had to wear over, and you know, like I, I to be honest, I was surprised that anything was even open. You know, this time last year because it's like. That's still full swing. People like it died down, then it picked back up. Nobody knew what was going on. No vaccine. Yeah. You know, it's like just, ugh, you know, but being able to actually have that interaction again and like get to talk to people and see them having fun, that was a pretty cool thing. So, I mean, I just, it was nice to kind of like feel quote unquote normal again. You know, like we were back to doing normal things. Definitely. Um, Last season, like I said, I was playing this Plague Doctor character, Mm -hmm. and because we had to stay so far apart, I kind of ended up falling into this role where I would walk around with Lord Morlag, who is one of our stilt actors. Oh, yeah. Six foot tall, not even, he's like seven or eight feet tall demon. And he's very regal. He wears like very princely garb and he bows to people. And so we kind of naturally just fell into this routine where I would walk around holding his hand and I would also be very regal because I was like his princess or whatever. And we just kind of played off the actors and they would say, or like, I'm sorry, we would play off the guests. Mm -hmm. um, And you know, they would say like, Oh, is that your boyfriend? And we would look at each other and just be like, yup. Why (laughs) Why not? not? And so um, at one point he found like this little demon baby. Yes. And so we would walk around with this little demon baby and it was such a funny type of scare because it wasn't even a scare. People were just excited to see us. They'd be like, your baby is so cute. And I would like nuzzle the baby. And then if he took the baby and went somewhere else, I'd have teenage girls running up to me and they'd be like, what happened to your baby? Where's your boyfriend? Where's your husband? And it was just so funny because people weren't really seeing us as scary creatures they were seeing us more like friends almost yeah yeah no i i love that because like again too like he was the one i was referencing talking about you know like having to wear the mask under the mask but he's eight feet in the air but like he was one specifically that people would come back to see or like you know you'd see the hashtag and you'd see the picture from last year two years before here he is again and you'd see the baby in the picture you'd see the angel wings whatever it was like it's uh like these people become your friends because like they start talking to you or you you get them one time then like 30 minutes later you forget they're there they come up and talk to you again so like you unknowingly oh, yeah. build these relationships with these customers and it it's a fun experience for them I gotta say I think that's the thing I love most about being an outside actor yes like the haunted house cannot function without the inside actors. Very true. They they are the meat. They are the filling. Like, yes. Without them, the whole operation falls apart. We are like icing on top of the cake. Yeah, the sizzle to the I steak, so to there, speak. But if, if they didn't have outside actors, it would function. Absolutely. But I think that the thing that we add is just this immersion and this yes. new type of ambiance. And like you said, this relationship with 
the guests and the actors and these characters. And um, I just really love outside acting at the haunted house because it gives you the chance to actually build out this character. Yep. And you do, you have to be quick on your feet. You have to be good at improv. You have yes. to be ready to answer people's questions because they'll ask you, they'll ask you, how old are you? When did you die? How did you die? And you have to be ready to give right. people this backstory. And, um, and like you said, you get to kind of hang out with the same group a little bit longer or maybe leave and come back or maybe mm-hmm. follow them when they come back out of the haunted house at the end of the night. And I love that. One of my favorite things is finding one guy, especially if it's like an adult man who is very afraid of me and just following him all (laughs) night long. And then when people go to leave, this is a line I use often, regardless of which character I am. Sometimes I'll be following them out and they'll be like, oh my gosh, she's still here. Why won't you leave us alone? And I'll say things like, I'll never leave you alone. I'm going to follow you all the way home. I'll be in the rear view mirror as you're driving home alone <laughs> one night. Like, I'll be standing over your bed when you wake up. And people hate that. I love it. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's nightmare fuel right there. But I mean, like, that's, that's like nightmare number one. But I mean, it's so awesome because again, that leaves them with this little experience that they may not think is funny at the time. But then when they think back on it, it's like, man, she really like, she went all out to make sure that I had a good experience and I had a, have something to remember her by too. So that speaks volumes. Yeah. That's my goal. My goal is rarely to get a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Though jump scares are fun. Yes. But my goal more often is to really give people nightmares. Absolutely. <laughs> I really want to, I want them to go home and be like, I'm disturbed. <laughs> yep. And it's always funny too, when you get those groups that, you got the friend pushing them through or whatever, and then they get up to you and they just take off the other way. Then you try and get them on the way. You know, just you you see the people like you know what to expect with them, and those are always fun. It's just like that extra little little sprinkling to make the night that much better. It's so fun. Uh, here's it another is. one of my favorite moves: is when you do have a group and one person is the most afraid, and we as haunt actors can. Like we can sleuth that out. We yep. can tell. We can we can smell the fear. Even if they try it. to hide it. Yep. Exactly. Um, but my favorite thing is you pick the one that's the most afraid and just pester them until they run away. And people's natural instinct is to hide in a corner mm-hmm. because they think that they're safe in a corner. And I will put my hands up and lock them into that corner. <laughs> and depending on my character, um, Sometimes I'll say something like, oh, look what you've done. You've separated yourself from your group and now you're alone with me and now you're trapped and there's nowhere for you to go. And that, like, when they realize that, all of a sudden they're just like, oh, Aww. no, I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> like, they're like, oh, no, like, I would not survive. <laughs> right, right. Man, and we could... But I, I also love, usually in those cases, a, one of their friends, and it's almost always a teenage girl will come over and be like, all right, that's enough. I'm here to save my friend. Yep. I'm always like, good job, friend. <laughs> You're a good friend. And that that's 100% spot on, too. It's always it's always the girl. I don't know what it is, but even if you get the guy in the corner, it's the girl that comes in to save him, too. It's so weird, but it's always. so funny. But man, it's so funny. We could, it's so funny to me. <laughs> we could probably sit here and chat about that all night, but... 
You said something earlier that I really want to dive into, and I want to make sure that we don't like that we give it its fair justice because it's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on here. Is just like you said earlier that you're you know, you couldn't commit to a full on dinner theater schedule because your schedule itself is so crazy. Like, how do you manage everything, especially like in the midst of getting a master's degree with a very demanding job, like? How do you juggle all this and not feel burnt? Like, how do you, how do you keep your mental sanity as a priority during all this? And how do you manage your time so well? Well, I think you know, all my life I've always been busy, 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 mm-hmm. go, go, go. And honestly, it's pretty recent in my life that I'm realizing that it's not only okay to rest, yes, good to rest it is you're speaking my language and it is productive in its own way yes to allow yourself to rest um and I, I just think that like our society in general really puts this pressure on us to you know constantly be hustling and to yes. monetize everything and to you know be chasing money and be chasing hard work and mm-hmm. we really glorify overwork yes. in this country And, you know, I was on that grind for my whole life up until the last few years. And now I'm realizing that on the days where I do happen to have a day off and I scroll TikTok until noon or watch Netflix all day or sit and read a book, I have to fight that guilt and that urge to say, oh, I should be doing something productive. I should get up. I should blah, blah, blah. And I really do have to remind myself, no, this is good. This is healing. This is healthy. This is important. And I think that that's probably my biggest piece of advice is just when you have the opportunity to rest, let yourself rest and don't consume yourself with the guilt that our culture would want to place on you. Absolutely. And that was something like you almost same time frame to the T. Like I had that same problem. It was like, Especially during college, it was like, oh man, I could function on three hours of sleep. I gotta get this and I gotta study for this. I gotta work. I gotta go wrestle here. Like just everything you could do to stay busy. And then when you had time to rest, it's like, well, what do I do now? I've gotta do something. And it's just mm-hmm. like it's because you see everybody else around you doing it, or you know, the father figures you grew up around were doing it and they never had time off or they were working seven days a week. So it's like like you said, it's glorified. Like what what else are you supposed to think at that point? So it it's becoming more of a thing where it's like, it's for me, especially like I hit a wall and it's like, I've got to give myself time to recover. But, you know, yeah. again, it's like even now, especially in the pandemic, people still like harp on you've got to work. You've got to work. You've got to just you've got to grind. You've got to make money. You've got to this side hustle has got to pay this bill or whatever it may be. And it's like where's the time to feel fulfillment? Because that's what I'm struggling with right now. It's like, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy my acting things, but it's like, you know, like if I'm not doing that, what else can I do to feel fulfilled? You know, it's like, give me something, you know? Yeah. I think that, uh, like I was saying, our culture really tells you, Oh, you have to monetize everything you do. And I think it's important to recognize like, it's okay to do art or create or read or it's okay to do those things just for the joy of doing those things. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not to make money off of it, even if it's not 
to try to build a career off of it. It's okay to just enjoy things and not be a professional at yes. those things. And that's that's um, one thing too. Like I was talking to uh, a guest from a few weeks ago, Katrina, about it. You know, it's like the second you start like something you're passionate about becomes a job you run the risk of it no longer fulfilling you or something you become passionate about because it's not something you use to escape from the stresses of everyday life. It becomes another stress of everyday life. So that's a good point. I really enjoyed that interview, by the way, I listened to that one. Thank you. Thank Um, you. Thank you. That was great. Um, yeah, you know, I think that I'm, I've lucked out in that I've had the opportunity to create jobs from my passions. Mm Mm-hmm. I love my job as an architect. I love designing. I love green building, especially. Oh yeah. And that ties into my master's. I'm studying a master's of science in environmental design. And, um, you know, I think that that is part of what makes it easier to consume and easier to, you know, do that grind. But then, you know, my schedule looks like it's crazy busy, but everything on that schedule is something that brings my soul to life. Absolutely. And when I get to go acting and, you know, whether it's getting in the tank and swimming like a mermaid or dressing up like a zombie and screaming in people's faces, <laughs> it's so cathartic. Yes. It's such a good workout. And I think that that's another thing, too, just like exercising and drinking a ton of water and mm-hmm. generally eating well, but also allowing yourself to enjoy life. Those are important. And I think that a lot of my favorite acting jobs encourage me to get up and run after people for hours on end or yeah. swim in a tank. And that is a workout. Let me tell you, Oh yeah, <laughs> having those side hustles, quote unquote, be something that is not only physically fun, but mm-hmm. also emotionally cathartic is part of the reason it, I'm able to stay so sane and able to do so much I mean, I know there's days where I've shown up at the haunted house, just like I've had the worst day. I'm in a horrible mood. I am ready to just like scream and laugh like a crazy person and be maniacal. Like we're saying, when you're a villain, you can really just unleash. You can just become a totally different person. I love being a crazy person at the haunted house because you can just laugh and be crazy and scream and just let out all of your feelings. And nobody looks at you like you're... you're Nobody looks at you like you're out of place either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so much of that, like, really, like, again, like, I, I've used this phrase on the show before, but it's so simple, but it's so impactful that, you know, again, too, like, I just, I don't know any other way to how to describe that, but, like, the way you just described all of that has become, like, it, it makes so much sense, but... I feel like there should be some more of an intricate explanation. Like, there's no way that it can be that simple, but it is. I think another part of it is that, you know, my schedule was super busy with not Mm -hmm. only my, you know, nine to five. Yeah. But also, as we mentioned earlier, I used to work part time at the Disney store. And that was a little bit more demanding on my schedule toward the end. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think that that's why I've gravitated toward these more improvisational sort of acting opportunities. So I guess I'd say to anyone out there, if you love acting, but your schedule's busy, look into something like an off season event or, you know, murder mystery dinner theaters or princess parties where you can sign up as your schedule allows. 
Um, but you know, I think that having, you know, great people there also was a big part of it. I mean, you know, I was hardly at the national nightmare this season. Right, I was only there right. a few nights a week because I was like, I am in the middle of grad school. Absolutely. I have a paper due. And there were several days where you know, I'd message Jamie Lee and say, I am so sorry. I have a paper due tonight at midnight. I can't make it. And he was very understanding. He was like, I totally understand. Do what you got to do. Don't worry. And having that support yes. there really made me feel better about, you know, I have to set my priorities. I have to set my schedule. And sometimes that means sacrifice, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Absolutely. And I, I have to say right now, full transparency, I respect you being able to set those boundaries because knowing my type of personality, you know, especially if this is like a year or two ago, I would have tried to find a way to do both and completely just like ran myself into the ground. So nothing but respect and admiration for like you being able to recognize and set those boundaries. But again, too, like shout out to Jamie Lee because he was so supportive with all that and like, Again, my first year working with him, but man, like this entire season, that's a guy I feel like I've known forever now. Like he's so awesome and he's so supportive. But, you know, again, too, one of the things is you communicated. A lot of people this season didn't. So it was like a no call, no show type of thing. But, you know, if you were open with him, like you got full support from him. So, yeah. And that's the thing. I think, you know, even if I'm showing up rarely, when I do show up, I'm a professional yes. and I will give 110%. Absolutely. And, you know, like, I think for anyone out there, you know, don't let your schedule be the thing that is the deciding factor on, well, we can just cut them. We don't need them. Show up and do your best. And they'll yep. say, you know what? I know their schedule's tough, but when they are here, it's worth having them. Absolutely. So Let's take advantage of when we do have the opportunity to have them around. Yep. And you, know? you could, again, not to not to go full back into the haunt topic, but you could tell again, by the way, everybody, like, you know, everybody treated you while you were there. Like, it was out of respect. You know, like, you you showed up, you did the job, you didn't cause problems. You you were there to work, and no matter what the situation was. So, that speaks volumes in itself right there. Yeah, and there have been crazy times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you experienced this, this haunt season, but... We've had weather. I mean, yep. there was one season that it snowed, and I was like a nun. I oh, was boy. freezing. <laughs> like, you go through a lot out there. Yes, yes, you do. But man, like speaking of something that's worth it, this is one that I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm completely ignorant on. Um, I know I have a few friends that do it. Uh, guests on the show here in a few weeks, and my former Shakespeare teacher Carlisle is involved with this, but. The mermaiding thing, like, tell me about that and what got you into it, and just explain to me and our maybe our listeners that don't know what it's all about. Like, tell us about that and how it works. Yeah. So, for anyone who is not familiar with mermaiding, um, I am a professional mermaid. I work at the Landry's Aquarium Restaurant here in Nashville. So, about right now with pandemic, maybe two times a month, maybe once a month, depending. Uh, but during peak, it'd be about once a week. I go to the aquarium and I magically transform into a mermaid tail. Spoilers. It's a silicone tail. <laughs> I, <put laughs> I heard on, nothing. I squeeze into, uh, yeah. And then I dive into the tank and swim around with all the 
fish and the eels and all the scary stuff that's in there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super, super fun. I love it. So how does that work? Like swimming in a silicone tail? Like I know just from experience again, I know I, I lied. Here we go back into the haunting again. Like having a silicone mask on your head can feel heavy. Like how is that for your legs, especially with mobility under the water? Uh, it's very heavy out of the water. But yeah, I mean, you know, once you're in the water, you don't feel the weight of it. Um, and honestly, the tail gives you so much power. Oh, really? You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, think about, you know, if you're swimming with flippers, how yeah. flippers add a lot of power. Okay. Uh, but instead True. of being separate flippers, it's one giant fluke. Gotcha. So, yeah, you just you flip it once and it'll send you zooming through the water. It wow. gives you a lot of power. Okay. Now, is that a situation too, like... These may be dumb questions, but like, do you have no, a no. breathing tank or a breathing apparatus under there with you, or how does that work? We don't. I know of other mermaid shows that do. Our tank is about 12 feet deep on mm-hmm. the shallow side and 15 feet on the deep side. Okay. Uh, we just free dive. So wow. we will literally, you know, jump in. There's two pillars where we're able to come up to take a breath. Yeah. And we're above the surface in the tank from. From down below, you can't see our heads above the water. Okay. You can only, you can see from like our bodies down. Gotcha. We'll go up and literally it's so funny because our mer-manager always (laughs) says, people think mermaids are so graceful, but I've seen you. You are all so gross. (laughs) We'll we'll be down there and, you know, our hair is flowing and we're smiling and waving and throwing bubble kisses and looking beautiful and magical. And then we go up to the surface and we're like, <gasps> and just pop it all out. Take and dive right back in. Oh, <laughs> man. And we do that for, you know, 10, 15 minutes for a show. Then get out, take a break, wow. and then jump back in and do it again. Man, that's some that's a workout in itself right there, I'm sure. It is. I tell people all the time, it's like, imagine that you're sprinting for 10 minutes, but you also don't really get to breathe. (laughs) Oh, speaking of torture, (laughs) man. So you mentioned earlier too, like you're down there with the fish and the eels and everything. Like, what is that like? Has there ever been like any kind of scary situation or encounter? Because like, I'm afraid of snakes. Like I will not do snakes. And I just picture eels as floating water snakes. So that just, that's a big red flag in my book. Like, what is that like? Do they get defensive or? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, generally oh. speaking, most of the fish and stuff in there leave us alone. Yeah. Um, there's a barracuda in there. His name is Barry. And of he course. loves me. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but he just loves me. Every time I'm in the tank, he follows me around. Oh. And he'll just like hover and stare at me. I don't know what it is. Um, but he's never attacked anyone so hopefully that trend continues knock on wood Uh, but but the thing that we are legitimately concerned about are the eels yes Um, so one time one of the eels her name is barb actually bit one of the mermaids in the face oh no so yeah to be fair the mermaid just got a little too close to her yeah kind of ran into her tail so she whipped around defensively you know like normally they aren't bothered by us but it was just kind of a defense mechanism and um 
yeah, it was very scary. And now every time we see Barb, we're just like, okay, we're sorry. Just keep our distance. I'm over here. I'm over here. Yeah. But we we do have a safety diver who jumps in before us and looks around, makes sure there's nothing we need to know. Um, And then she or he will watch the entire show, keeping an eye out for any critters or anything that might be amiss. Um, you know, we learn all the scuba signals and the sounds and those kinds of things to, you know, keep us safe. We actually just did our annual training. So we do a lot of safety diving training so that we're prepared for any sort of situation that might arise. Wow. See, I didn't know this much went into that. So like, that's amazing to learn all that in just like this brief period of time here. But what? Yeah, and you know, it's it's a very professional yeah. outlet. There, you know, there are mermaid schools and other opportunities where you can swim as a mermaid, and you don't need to stress about those factors. You don't have to have the extra, you know, scuba certifications and that kind of thing. Right, right. So don't be deterred. If anyone out there, if you're interested in, you know, putting your toes in the water, so to speak, uh, definitely there are a lot of opportunities. The National Mermaid School is amazing. Okay. Um, we have a National Mermaid Pod. You can find us on Facebook. We meet up and just swim and hang out. Oh, cool. and, uh, so there's a lot of cool opportunities if you're interested in learning more about it that don't entail all the intense, scary stuff that I've been talking about thus nice. far. We'll make sure that we have a link to that in the show notes if any of our listeners are interested. I mean, I, I didn't know all that stuff. That's amazing. So I wouldn't be doing my job now if I didn't ask, like, what brought you to that? Like, I know, like, you mentioned Disney, and you've done the the Disney princess cosplays and everything. Like, was there a, a thing for the Little Mermaid, and that kind of pushed your attention there? Am I just being too general? No, uh, I just, it's funny. Okay, so a friend from Nashville Nightmare mm-hmm. got a job at the aquarium as, like, a host or something okay. you know, normal. And so I was just chatting with him before haunting one night, and just like, hey, have you been, man? What's new? And He mentioned, oh, I just got a job at the aquarium. And I said something really innocuous, like, oh, I heard that they have mermaids. That'd be so cool. What a cool job. And he goes, you know what? I think they're hiring more mermaids. You should apply. And again, I was like, a cool opportunity presented itself. Why not? (laughs) Exactly. Why not? Um, So it was so funny because I went in. I was like, hi, I'm here to apply for a job. And they said, great, just fill out the form. And I was like, um. I'm here to be a mermaid and you know, like on the little boxes where it's like host server, whatever. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, just check other and write in mermaid. <laughs> so that felt insane. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then a friend of mine from Disney mermaid, Sabrina Rose got a plugger. She's amazing. Is the little mermaid. I mean, she looks oh, wow. like Ariel. She dresses like Ariel. She's obsessed with mermaids. It is her life. And she's actually trying to open a mermaid school for, like, therapy um, oh. purposes and that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Very um, nice. So I went and told her. I was like, hey, I heard the aquarium is hiring mermaids. Come audition with me. And it was so intense. That audition was brutal. <laughs> like, <laughs> been much of a swimmer. Like, I can swim, but I've never done so competitively yeah. or anything like that. Um so I get there and they're like, oh, just as a warm up, go ahead and swim a 500 meter. I was like, oh. I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to drown in this high school swimming pool auditioning to be a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, see, I didn't even but, know there was yeah, that so part of it. It was, it was so intense. And 
every other girl there was like, oh, I've been a professional mermaid for seven years. Or, oh, there was one girl who was like, I just moved here from Hawaii. I was a professional mermaid and our, our pod would swim in the ocean. I was like, wow. I've never worn a tail. I've never worn a monofin. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess just a you know, life of being an actor and a loud Mexican woman, I have lungs. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, one of the tests that we did was to try to swim all the way across the pool in one breath. And I was the only one that was able to do it. Wow. And yeah. So I I honestly think that's like the only reason they even sent me to the second round. (laughs) So how many people, like, do you remember how many people started out and then how many people made it to the end? It was a handful. I do remember, gosh, there might've been like maybe a dozen the first day, maybe. And then I remember they narrowed it down to about half a dozen. And then there were three of us Mm -hmm. and they had told us that they were only hiring one. And I, in my heart was like, it's going to be Sabrina. How could it not? (laughs) And so she and I made it to the final round together. And at the end of that final round of auditions, one of the mermaids was telling me, oh, so when you go to clean your tail, this is how you do it, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I mean, assuming you get the job. Mm-mm. And so I was kind of like, okay. are you trying to tell me something? And she was like, never, no, what? what who? We'll hear back later today. And so uh, the other Sabrina and then the other mermaid that made it to the final round and I went out to grab some lunch and I was like, I, I think she just said something about me maybe having the job and they were both just like, oh my gosh, that'd be so great. Like, we're happy for you. So I was like, it's a good way to like test the waters, pun intended. Uh, but you know, she just to kind of, I was just kind of like, you know, how would everyone feel about someone else of us three getting this job? And they were all super supportive and super excited about it. That's amazing. Uh, the other girl ended up finding out she was pregnant. Oh. And so she ended up not being able to do the remaining thing. And they ended up hiring me and Sabrina both. Oh, that's amazing. That's even better. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. And we got to go through Shell Week together. We got to go through all the training together. So that was good. (laughs) Wow, I didn't realize that there was just like so much into this. Like I thought it was just, I don't even know what I thought it was, but... (laughs) Like the backstory yeah, and everything. Intense. That's amazing. It, yeah, it's a lot. It's it's really intense. It really is, but it's worth it. Like Absolutely. I've said a thousand times throughout this, <laughs> throughout this discussion, <laughs> it's super fun. Yeah, and of course, I, part of it too is, so we do our shows in the water and we perform in the tank, um, but we also do meet and greets as part of the shows. Okay. So we get wheeled out on a little bench and we get to sit out there and talk to the kids as mermaids, kids and kids at heart alike. Oh, yeah. Um. But I think that's also one of the reasons I made it through the first couple rounds of the audition was because I was like, those are skills I have. I've yeah. been a princess for years. I've been doing improv and, you know, street acting for mm-hmm. years. I can do this. So Absolutely. It all it all comes back to pay off for something for sure. Yeah, exactly. Man. So I, I love that story. So with that, do you kind of use mermaiding as an outlet sometimes to recharge the batteries when, you know, the, the master's degree and everything, like when all that's getting too heavy or 
things around you are getting stressful, do you find that's a good outlet for you to relieve stress and just have some fun or how do you, or definitely. Do you, and like I've said earlier, it's such a good workout. Yeah. So, you know, there's something about waking up at, you know, 6am jumping in a cold take of water and essentially working out for, you know, half an hour or an hour and then, you know, getting all that salt water in your skin and in your hair. Something right, right. just wakes you up, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I know that. You know, if you get up early and you do something physical, everything else that day feels so much easier and you have that much more energy throughout the day, too. Now, yeah. in saying that, I don't want to go back to getting up early in the morning anymore, <laughs> but, you know, it's like still, like if I got back into that habit like I used to, I know from experience you get up, you get your body energized, you, you know, it affects your mentality throughout the day. Whereas you got to slowly build yourself up to like, it makes a difference. Yeah. It's definitely, um, something that I wouldn't choose to do. Right, right, right. (laughs) But on the days where I'm called in at that hour, I'm always grateful for it afterward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with the master's degree now, like how long until you are, are officially like grad, like how long until you officially graduate the program? Well, it depends. Um, if I want to complete just the master's certification, mm-hmm. I only have two classes left. Wow. So I could be done by the summer, which would be nice. Yeah. But if I want the full master's of science, I have another year after that. So I'm, trying to decide what I want to do. I gotcha. Um, because Disney was paying for the masters. They oh, really wow. take care of their employees. They do a really awesome job yeah. of providing incredible benefits. And one of the benefits, if you're at least part-time and have been with the company for, I think it's only like six months, I think it is, they'll pay for a full bachelor's degree, a full master's degree, and or as many certifications as you want with the universities that they partner through. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's amazing. It's, it's huge. Um, and you know, I've been thinking about grad school since I was in undergrad. Yeah. I've been thinking about it for years and, uh, you know, during the pandemic was finally when I said I could be doing a master's school, like a master's class right now. And you know, I have nothing better to do. (laughs) Right. Right. So that was really the thing that convinced me to just pull the trigger and get started on it. Um, so they paid up until my last quarter that just finished a couple of weeks ago, which was nice of them because the Absolutely. store closed before that even started. So they, you know, I wish they would have finished the whole thing, but it's nice of them to say, we'll pay for at least one more quarter. Of course, of course. You're not working with us anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that I'm like, I'm going to have to take out more student loans and I'm going to have to be on the hook for a very expensive graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure. And I'm just, I'm not sure that I need the masters of science. I feel like I'm getting so much out of the certification yeah. and I'm taking the classes that I'm most interested in, even just with that credential, that I haven't quite decided if I think it's worth the amount of money that it would cost to do that last year. So we'll see. Right. Well, fingers crossed it works out the way that you want it to. So, I mean, once you once you make that decision and you go down that path, what comes next after you finally finish? Well, I actually just got a new job offer that oh, I'll be starting in the new year. Yeah, in architecture. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be a senior designer on the sustainability team. 
which is very nice. All my dreams come true. I'm very <laughs> excited. And you can, I can tell too. I just, I, obviously, the listeners can't see the camera, but you can see how excited you are, and you can tell in the tone of your voice too. So that's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks, thanks. It's it's a huge step up. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I've been doing residential design for years, but this is definitely more in the realm of what I'm really passionate about. And for years, I've been trying to push for, you know, sustainable design and trying to push for, hey, why don't we do a green roof here? Like, hey, let's add solar yeah. panels there. And, you know, I love the firm I'm with, but they, they were just never really amenable to that sort of investment or that sort of path. Right. Um, so I'm really excited that not only will I be getting to do that and, the, you know, doing the things I love and that I'm passionate about, but also getting to put that master's education to use. Yeah, absolutely. So, and quick question on that too, like as you're, as you're working with a firm or, you know, maybe even let's say the new firm where there may still be some of the old ways of thinking in that with you trying to work for these new and more sustainable ideas, like how do you navigate those objections or, you know, somebody being stuck in that old way of, uh, I don't know if old way of thinking is the right way to say it, but how do you navigate, you know, like that kind of situation? I mean, it's tough. You know, it does honestly start to wear you down Yeah. after a while, you know. Um, and it, I mean, it was one of those things where every design meeting, I'd be like, we could do a green roof. And it would kind of get laughed off. And I'd be like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. It's a great idea. You know, it solves the problem that we've, we're facing. And, you know, it'd be great. But, you know, after a while, I kind of leaned into it and just being like, green roof? <laughs> I right, know. right. I say no. Um, but I think that for me, it was just a lot of knowing that I would eventually move on to bigger and better things and yeah. knowing that eventually I would get to achieve that goal. Um, and, and like I said, I've, I loved the firm that I was with and I really loved the people I worked with and I love the projects we did. So it's not like I was miserable wishing for this new sort of opportunity. Right. Um, but I always knew in the back of my mind, like eventually I will move on to getting to do this specific thing that I think makes the world a better place. Um, so I, I always had that, you know, hope in my mind that I'd be able to get there eventually. Absolutely. man. I love that. And, and I can't think of, uh, you know, it sounds like patience pays off more than anything else. You know, it's like patience and consistency and a love for what you do like that. That's what kind of sticks out to me through like the entire like time we've been chatting here. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've loved every step of the journey as well. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's been fun the whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, uh, that's something that like, I'm trying to learn myself because like, yeah, it may not be the way I envisioned it to go, but there's still fun to be had. And if I don't look at it that way, I'm going to miss out on something that could be life changing too. So like, I respect you and like, I, I love the level of self-awareness that, you have to be so aware of things and be so grateful in those situations too. So again, like mad respect to you on that. Oh, thank you. Oh, my you pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. And as we come up to about an hour here, I don't want to keep you all night, but is there anything else that you want to chat about or anything else you want to get out there before uh, we flip the roles and you throw some questions my way? Well, I was going to ask you a bunch of haunt questions, but if you're doing a whole haunt podcast, I don't know if I want to use those up quite yet. Oh, I like the plug there. So yeah, guys, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, 
AC is going to be a guest um, on our new podcast. I know you kind of heard us talk about it with my co-host uh, for the Lance Adams episode, Jeff. We are going to be doing a podcast called Tales from the Haunt. Easy to go ahead and give you a little bit more information about that now that we've got more things in the works here. So AC is going to be a guest on there. Um, our guest next week is also going to be coming from the haunt. I'm going to have uh, Jeremy Spray, known across social media and at Nashville Nightmare as Yuck Yuck the Clown. He's going to be a guest next week. He's going to be a guest on Tales from the Haunt. So make sure you keep a lookout on my feed as we'll be having some teasers and a debut date drop for that. So let's save those questions for there and we can have some fun there. Sounds good to me. Looking forward to it. And that was an easy plug. So thank you for... uh, for Inadvertently guiding the conversation there, so improv strikes again. So, on that note, what we're going to do here is we bring it up to an hour. We're going to flip the roles again like we've been doing here in Season 2, and my guest tonight is going to throw some questions my way. Again, I don't know what these questions are going to be. These are all off the wall. Could be a softball, hardball, curveball, fastball, whatever kind of ball she can throw at me, and I'm going to respond with an honest answer. So... Whenever we're ready, we'll flip the rolls and let's get it going. All right. So kind of in the same vein as our whole conversation, I'm curious, how do you balance your schedule and your passions and your art in your everyday life? In all honesty, very poorly. Um, (laughs) Full disclosure, I daydream about uh, getting more auditions or, you know, paying the bills with acting and voice acting, which... As things have become, as I've been getting more into my second year, uh, thankfully, you know, more jobs have been coming in. So it's an extra income. But honestly, like I've been doing a lot of this stuff, like after the kids have gone to bed, after my wife is home from work and we've gotten to spend a little time together. But truth be told, we could always spend more time together. So it's just trying to find that balance and not be selfish. But I'm so I don't know if type A is the right word, but it's like. I want to be doing these things so that I can feel fulfilled and give more, you know, like back to my family and not just be so drained and negative because in the corporate world, some of those days can be very draining and I don't bring my best self home from that. So I try to do this to recharge the batteries and have some fun because it does make me feel more fulfilled, but I'm guilty of sacrificing sleep to get that in. So I'd say somewhere medium to very poor as far as how I balance all that. So, but it gets done. So I guess that's a win-win somehow. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Next question for you. Mm -hmm. What do your kids think about your haunt acting? Do you ever come home in makeup and scare them accidentally? Like, do they know that this is something you do? Well, my, my two-year-old doesn't really have a lot of a, a lot of a clue about what's going on with that. But my six-year-old, He's seen the pictures. He's seen like a picture of like, I think it was opening night. My sister and brother-in-law and, you know, another couple of our friends came and took a picture with me. That was my first night in the, uh, the Icky, the clown mask. And he saw that. So he would ask, you know, like, are you going to be a clown tonight? Or, you know, are you going to be, are you going to go scare people? Or are you going, you know, like, what are you doing there? So he's aware of what's going on. But thankfully by the time I would get home, some of those nights, like they'd already be dead asleep. So I don't have to walk look, you know, like walk in looking like I just got beat up on the street and scare them. So yeah, some of those nights are late. Oh so yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And then you're up <laughs> four hours later, five hours later for work again. Oh yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> I know those. I know that life for oh, sure. Oh yeah, but it's fun though. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. Um, again, another haunt question. But how did you end up finding Nashville Nightmare? How did you end up joining our family? Ah, uh, I forget where it was that I saw a job posting. It may have been social media again, but you know, again, like my whole thought process was I can do this to build my voice acting resume. I didn't think anything about, you know, like actually putting on makeup, getting into character or anything. I thought it was just strictly like, you know, I'll apply, I'll submit my demo reel for character voices and hopefully get something there. And that got their attention. But, you know, like I didn't know that Langley was involved with it. And I wrestled with his dad. He was in the crowd, like, back when I first started wrestling. So, like, he's one of the main reasons I even got in there. And then I was able to help Jermaine get in there. But, you know, it's like, I just saw the ad. I thought, this is going to help me become a better voice actor and get some work locally. I can add this stuff to my resume and my demo reel. But then it just, like, blossomed into all this other stuff where improv comes into play. Dialects come into play. And I get to have more real life face to face interactions. And I, you know, it's like, I don't know what I was honestly expecting at the beginning, but I'm so glad that it turned out the way it did. Love it. Love to hear it. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, another question for you. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing what you currently are? If you weren't doing the voice acting, if you weren't doing the scare acting, do you think you would still find a creative outlet? Do you think it would be in your career? I don't know um, because I, I can say for sure I would be doing my career, but I think that I just would not feel any sense of fulfillment in my life because it would it would be something that went from not being routine to just being a routine punch the clock type of thing, and I'm not that kind of person. So if I didn't have an outlet now, I would probably just be mopey and miserable. You know, like work, work out, sit at home and try and recharge my batteries and just probably be grumpy around my family. You know, and I don't want to be that type of person. So if I didn't have acting as an outlet, like I would probably just be miserable to be 100% honest. No, like no matter how much good stuff I had around me, if I didn't have a sense of fulfillment to recharge my battery so I could give my best elsewhere, then I just, I wouldn't be a person I would want to be around. So there's another question for you. How do you recharge your batteries when it's not creative work? Do you, are you a film and television person? Are you a book person? You mentioned working out. Yep. Obviously you're into the wrestling. Yeah. Um, I'm getting, as we're doing this now, I've probably had a couple matches back under my belt. So I'm probably sore again, but Working out, definitely, because uh, if I don't have that in my routine, I feel like I've just been lazy. But, you know, honestly, as far as that goes, like, I could just sit on the couch and veg out with my wife and watch. She pulled me into Grey's Anatomy. We could watch that. We could watch Dexter since that's, you know, the thing right now. I love watching that. I love Dexter. I'm excited for this season. Oh, yeah. Keep, you've got to watch it. It's so good. And then you know, like, so my, my boyfriend's never seen Dexter. Oh. So I was like, we got to start from the beginning. Yes. Like, Ice Truck yes. Killer. I'm so excited. Yes, <laughs> you've got to get him into that because there's so many things in this new season now that are coming back from the original. I won't give spoilers, but it, it's, I'm, I'm hooked again. So, but yeah, like we've got shows that we watch when we have time or the kids will 
not fight going to sleep, you know, or come running in at like 8, 8.30 at night when they should be asleep, whatever time it is. But we've got our little routines or I'll play with the dogs or just fat shame my cats. But, you know, it's like just or sleep if I can get some restful sleep. That's a big thing, too. So, but yeah, just anything like with my family or if I can just go have some new experience somewhere, that's that's it for me. Very cool. Do you guys travel? Do you do fun stuff like that? Um, Now that my oldest is to a point where he can actually start enjoying stuff like that, we've started, like, I've started taking him to conventions. Like, um, as we're recording this this weekend, we're going up to Pigeon Forge because my dialect coach, like, this is the closest he's coming to Nashville. So we're going up there to meet him and hang out and, you know, just, again, like, let him see some stuff like that because he's getting into all the stuff that I like growing up. So I get to share those experiences with him. And as long as he doesn't get car sick on the way home or the way up there, it's a good day in my book. So we're, we're good there, but yeah, that's, that's probably been the most rewarding thing, especially recharging my batteries. Um, especially before the haunt season ended, we did one where we went down to Georgia, came back. I did the last night of the haunt for the season that same night, but it's like, that was just like that recharged my batteries to 110% and I loved every minute of it. So getting to do things like that and share those experiences now that he's old enough and when his brother's old enough, like I'm going to be in trouble, but it's going to be fun. So, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, sorry. Go ahead. What? Oh no, I just said, absolutely. Uh, um, Last question I had for you. Okay. I just want to know more about your dog. And now I know you have a cat also. So, oh, yeah. Tell me about your pets. <laughs> got two dogs, two cats, uh, two pit bulls, two cats that were, they were all rescues. Uh, my oldest is, I've been replaced as far as like who he sleeps with at night. He sleeps with my son now, which I have no beef about. I love that. But he was a death row dog. And uh, I actually got him and his sister off of the death row site with my ex who shall not be named. Um, in our split, I ended up like having to give up a bunch of stuff just to keep them because, you know, you don't take a dog from a man or whatever that saying is, uh, his sister has since passed away. And this was before I met my wife, but had we had her, we wouldn't have been able to get cats. So rescued one cat from the humane society, uh, rescued another pit bull. That's Mo. That's the one that's had all the health issues. And, here we go again tomorrow. I'm taking him to the vet because he's uh, he's limping on his back leg, and that's been going on for a few days. So can't catch a break, but he's still finding time to chase the cat. So go figure. And then our other cat, um, that's another rescue, and he's been a, like a he's been a bundle of uh, medical expenses on his own too. After we got him, like we literally rescued him off the street. Don't know if he had any pre existing stuff or. Or what, but I mean, thankfully, he wasn't supposed to live as long as he has, and he's four now, so, you know, he'll smother me in my sleep because he'll start sleeping on top of my forehead, and I'll wake up, and, you know, I'll just feel the vibrations, but it's like, I, I'm i a huge animal person. I never thought I was going to be a cat person until my wife wanted a cat, and then it's like, okay, I have something to tell it's fat now or whatever it is. And, you know, just I get to have fun with it and then I get to watch them fight, which is hilarious to me. But, you know, it's like I, I'm a huge softie for animals and especially death row, like adopt the animals. Don't, you know, don't go to a pet store. They need love too, but save, you know, save and adopt. Like 
these dogs need homes. They've had traumatic experiences. Same with the cats. Do any anything you can to help your local humane society or death row dogs, whatever it is. They will be the sweetest dogs and, and cats you will ever get your hands on. And all of mine are spoiled rotten, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Love that. Yeah, I have two cats. I don't know if you see Artemis. Yeah, I see here. him now. I see him now. He's over there in the sink. Yep. He's and giving me the death eye. little one, Hades. I don't know where he's at, but they were both uh, rescued off the street. Nice. So, similar situation. you know. Absolutely. Brought them home and took them to the vet, and she's, you know, she's fine, but... Hades has all sorts of gross upper respiratory stuff, so he's yep. always like, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, like uh, <laughs> making sounds. I don't know if you. Hopefully, you haven't been hearing him in the background no. over here this whole time. But if you've been hearing gross demon sounds, it's been him. He's been Not he's been real good swear. at keeping it low key, so I hadn't even noticed a thing. <laughs> That's good. He's usually really loud. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, that was a fun round of questions right there. So thank you for uh, for coming up with that, and thank you for letting me get some long winded answers out on those too. Thank you. This has been super fun. Absolutely. And I, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. I appreciate you being so generous and optimistic about everything. And again, also for coming on to the next podcast that we have too. So I can't wait to have you on Tales from the Haunt. I'm really looking forward to it. I know we talked a lot about the haunt on this yes. show, but I have so many more stories I can tell Absolutely. about the house life. <laughs> so guys, get ready. And like I said, keep a lookout on my feed because you're going to see some things coming up here in the near future and it's going to be worth your time to check out. So I can't recommend it enough. And we're also going to have some links to some of the things that we mentioned in here as well. We're going to have links to AC social media we're going to have links to your blog as well. So anything that you're doing, people are going to be able to keep up with, and we'll have links in the show notes. But before we call it a night here, is there anything that you want to leave with our listeners before we hang it up? Uh, just take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. You can make it work, um, but also don't forget that it's important to let yourself rest and let yourself enjoy life. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I can't think of a better place to call it right there. So, guys, as we wrap up here tonight, I want to thank you all for tuning in yet again and keeping us this far into Season 2. There's a lot more stuff coming down the road. I thank you for your support. Go like us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you to Elise Bowman, and thank you to our sponsors for keeping this show afloat. And, guys, again... Go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go subscribe, go get caught up in the archives, and leave us a five-star review and tell me what you like or tell me what you don't like on Apple Podcasts. And if you got a guest idea that you think we should have on the show, let me know. There's some big things coming here and you know, as we get in further into Season 2 and even into Season 3, which blows my mind we're getting to that point, so... Who knows? AC may be a guest on season three again at some point. So we may have some cool stuff to talk about there, but there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming down the pipeline here, guys. And I'm so excited. I can't talk about it right now, but there's a lot that's coming. So stay on board, stay strapped in. And I promise it's going to be worth your while. So again, guys, thank you all for tuning in here tonight. Thank you for supporting the podcast. AC, thank you for your time as well. And thank you for telling some of your story here. Thank you. This has been super fun. My pleasure. And it's, you're welcome back anytime, and I can't wait to chat again. And guys, do some good in the world. Until next week, take care of each other. 
be the light in the world that you want to be and just do something good for somebody and share this podcast with them if you think they're going through a rough period. There's something on here for everybody. Any one of our guests has a story that may help somebody that may be fighting a battle that we don't know about. So just be good to each other. And I look forward to talking to everybody again next week. I look forward to bringing you another awesome guest. And I can't wait to share it with all of you guys. So for me, for AC, I thank you all again for tuning in this week. And I can't wait to talk to you again. I know you hear me. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.